Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the Everything 80s Podcast, the story of kid video, all the best things of the 80s rolled into one. happening welcome back to the everything 80s podcast i'm jamie thanks for coming on out today so what do you get when you take all the best things of the 80s music music videos cartoons saturday mornings and you put them all together you've got kid video and hopefully you remembered this pretty awesome show from the 80s and that intro hopefully you recognize that too which explains the whole format of the show but if this is new to you or you've forgotten about it kid video was a live action cartoon series aired on saturday mornings it featured kid video and his band that were transported to the flip side by the master blaster it aired on nbc from 1984 to 1985 before being picked up for syndication by cbs so we'll look at everything to do with the show. Before we start, if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. I should be there. Okay, let's get into it. So you know there's certain things that are buried away in your memory that you definitely remember, but you just don't recall. Kid Video was one of those things for me. I fully loved and embraced this show at the time, and it, it made a sort of significant impact on me. But it's something that I 
completely forgotten about until just recently, which is why I'm putting out this podcast. Is it's one of those things that's like it's amazing how something can just disappear from your thoughts, like this show kid video did. But if you look at all the you know overwhelming amount of content that we were bombarded with in the 80s, it sort of makes sense. You know, the usual things like G.I. Joe and Transformers and the Goonies and He-Man and all those things are like fully embedded themselves into our brain. So they weren't going anywhere. A show like Kid Video, however, only took up a small little chunk and then we moved on. And it'd been really cool to look back on this seemingly throwaway show and see what really made it tick. It's kind of an interesting story behind it all. Like music videos on a Saturday morning. Like what was this all about? So this is just looking back at the whole thing. So what was Kid Video? And, you know, if you don't remember that song, or you do remember that song, the intro that played for the cartoon show, hopefully it jogged your memory a little bit. You might have to go onto YouTube and actually watch the opening credits and the song, and it gives you more of that rundown, but you do get the premise of Kid Video. And this is a time when the theme songs for shows and cartoons had to give you a synopsis of what the whole show was about so you could jump into each episode fresh or like you know these these stories and seasons didn't have a lot of like overarch like arcs that connected a lot so you know if you jumped in halfway you would be too confused they didn't really follow that format like all of these things sort of followed that sitcom um guys where you could jump in at any point and be pretty fine and that's why the intro of shows like this and cartoons were so important because it sort of laid the groundwork for the history of the show and all the things you need to know so you can go into it and be like, okay, I know sort of what's going on here. Uh, in that way, you know, each show exists as sort of a, of, of a standalone episode. Uh, so, but here's the whole scoop. Here's the, the rundown. Kid Video is an actual guy from the start of that song. Um, if you've seen the actual video on YouTube or you remember the show. He had a band and it's depicted by live action characters that you see in the first part of the intro. Then the animated part shows up, including the Master Blaster character. He transports them to his home dimension called the Flip Side. Uh, so Master Blaster is using them um, of all bands or for whatever, you know, he had options to anyone in the eighties, he chose kid video. He used them as his musical slaves and they eventually get rescued by a fairy sort of Tinkerbell sort of creature named glitter. They would then spend most of the episodes trying to either get themselves home or help to free other people that master blaster had enslaved. So here's the main characters. The, the actors featured in the first part of the intro were also the ones that provided the voices, and they actually sang the the original songs for the show. So Kid Video was played by Brian Scott. He was the lead guitarist and singer. He also, if you remember that movie Dead Presidents from the 90s, he appeared in that. Carla was played by Gabrielle Bennett. She was the drummer and was the only female on the show. She's now known as Gabriella Nelson, and she used to perform in US USO shows with the legendary Bob Hope. Wiz was played by Robbie Rist, who 
you might not know, but you do know, one of the most important actors when it comes to all things sort of 80s. He, not only was he Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch, I don't know if you remember when they brought in Cousin Oliver, it was a way to sort of introduce a new character, like the, the Simpsons mock pretty well with the Poochie episodes. He was the voice of Michelangelo in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He also directed and wrote music for the Sharknado movie, which is just awesome. Ash was the keyboardist and was played by Steve Alterman. He appeared on shows like Eight is Enough. He was also on Knight Rider. Uh, and he, he even started a band with Robbie Risk called the Beat Society. He's also done a ton of voice work for things like How to Train Your Dragon, Ice Age, Kung Fu Panda, Final Fantasy, Mission Impossible 2, Scary Movie, The X-Files, all sorts of stuff. Glitter was voiced by Kathy Cavadini. And Glitter would, gr- would gain strength as she sneezes. And Cavadini was the original voice of Blossom in the Powerpuff Girls. Tanya in Five Goes West and has a ton of voices as well in some pretty epic cartoons, including Cars 3, Finding Dory, The Grinch, The Lion King, My Little Pony, Pound Puppies. Uh, she was in Ready Player One, Darkwing Duck, the, a ton more. She's done so much. She even has Emmys. Um, for sound design she did on the X-Files and won a White House Project Epic Award that's given to projects that promote um, female leadership. So amazing stuff. Master Blaster was meant to represent a corporate music manager and was voiced by Peter Renaday, who has done voices in pretty much every cartoon and video game you can imagine. Here's, here's a few. Animaniacs, DuckTales, G.I. Joe, Justice League, Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, Transformers, The Real Ghostbusters. You probably know him best as the voice of Splinter in the Ninja Turtles cartoon. So you've got a real all-star cast here. And some of the characters on the show also included Toolbot and the Copycats, who were the minions of Master Blaster. So this is looking now how MTV actually led to the development of Kid Video. And the idea of Kid Video was to capitalize on the success of MTV and music videos and package this all up into a Saturday morning cartoon. MTV was changing the way we consume music, but it wasn't necessarily for kids. I did a whole episode on uh, the history of MTV and the development and how it changed the way we consume content and media. So definitely check that one out. But Kid Video would make kid-friendly content and the show would incorporate live action music videos. The entire premise of the show would be music-based and they would incorporate more live action sequences using current and popular songs that would serve as distractions to their enemies within the show. To further capitalize on the MTV movement, they would include popular fads and events to tie everything together. So this is, you know, what I mean by kid video being all the best things of the 80s rolled into one. So several shows would include the use of the popular break dancers that were popping up all over the place. They would also include, you know, skateboarding and video games and things like that. To tie things in even deeper to MTV, the look and style of Kid Video was based on the more unique and surreal videos that had been playing. Another big influence for the look of the show was modeled after the artwork of Roger Dean. And again, there, there's a bunch of these still on YouTube, so you can go in and see kind of how like outlandish a lot of the animation and stuff was, but it was by design again, influenced after this guy, Roger Dean. So Dean was an English artist who created a lot of posters and album covers for bands in the 60s. You can probably picture what I'm referring to. 
He would continue to create posters and artwork for bands and concerts going into the 70s, and he would also create covers for video games in the 80s. He created these very moody style landscapes, and this style would be used on album covers as well for bands like Yes, Asia, Uriah Heep, if you can picture those. I was, you know, completely unaware of this as a kid, as probably everyone was who was watching this, but you really can see this influence through the animation of kid videos. So like, look up some of these album covers and these old bands, and then this whole cartoon was his works come to life. So how did this all come together? And it starts with two big production companies, Dick Entertainment and Saban Entertainment. Dick gave us shows like Inspector Gadget and The Littles. Saban gave us Power Rangers, The Alf Cartoon, Kissy Fur, and among a ton of other things. And they partnered with Marvel. The obvious idea here is getting music videos onto Saturday mornings. And each episode was based around showcasing some sort of music video or performance. They also wanted to finish each episode with another music video that was to show that the band of Kid Video was real and not just a fictionalized bunch of characters on TV. But they were. So this was a weird combination of real life, cartoon, and parody. It's kind of like the the monkey show. If you remember that, that they would exist in our world and the fantasy cartoon world. Um, yeah, sort of hard to keep up with this. And I don't know if a lot of kids at the time did, but they, you know, we just wanted to watch something cool. The show would capitalize on popular songs at the time. Like if you remember the mini pops did the same thing, but they would also feature original songs and some that were created by the actual cast members who were legitimately talent, talented musicians. So now we look at, you know, the importance of the music. Since a lot of the focus of the show was on music, a a composer named Shuki Levy would take on a lot of the responsibility. He wrote that awesome theme song, Video to Radio, and he's also brought us some of the most iconic cartoon theme songs ever, such as Inspector Gadget and the theme to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He was a pretty big deal in the 80s cartoon theme song space, sort of, you know, creating music for a lot of other shows, too. So the whole point of the show was to create situations where they could showcase the band singing popular songs. The end of the shows, as mentioned, would feature an original song and performance in a music video. I think their idea was that Kid Video would be a huge crossover success and their music would hit the charts leading to, you know, real album sales and tours. And that did kind of happen, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Capitalizing on all things music, the actors of Kid Video would be part of the We Are the World campaign um, called Kids for Kids. And it was K-I-D-D-S, like the name Kid Video for Kids. And that was a song um, and performance that was done through UNICEF that raised money for serving kids in Africa. And I don't remember any of this, and I'm not sure where something like this was broadcast at the time, but this whole kids version of We Are the World and or their sort of like spinoff of it featured 60 child actors, like child stars, including some big names of the day, such as Joey Lawrence, Soleil Moonfry, who's Punky Brewster, Jason Bateman, Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. So when they put this whole thing together, the kid video actors carried the main vocals because, you know, I don't think Willis had the best vocal range or any of these other kid actors were real singers. So 
a lot of the emphasis and sort of movement of this UNICEF, again, We Are the World campaign was based on these kid video actors. So I mentioned about that whole thing about the, you know, them putting out albums and making, you know, selling albums and hitting the charts and all that thing. So it sort of happens, but this is when they break free from North America. And those, you know, those things happen and the tours then happen too for Kid Video, but they happen in Israel. Shuki Levy and Saban Entertainment were originally from there. So they wanted to share a true American act in their home country. And it did work. Kid Video put out an album of original hits along with other merchandise, including candy bars and yogurt for some reason. They would also tour all around Israel and they just, they caught on somehow. I went to high school with this, uh, they weren't like friends, but they had a band and, you know, just sort of like a local band, but they had this sort of weird, it wasn't like a grungy, it was sort of like an industrial punk female driven band. It's hard to describe, you know, they're just playing normal stuff here for some reason. They caught on huge in Malaysia and they were playing like in front of 20, 30,000 people. This just, you know, little band that had played shows in front of their friends. So like, you never know what's going to catch on. Besides the album, um, they would put out a children's cassette that was an audio story on tape recorded in Hebrew. It would feature a few of their original songs, but it was primarily used as a way to further the story of kid video. Like so they were very adamant on pushing this sort of franchise of kid video. So you could listen to the cassette while eating their yogurt and laying on kid video bed sheets and all of that. So then of course, you know, the end of the show has to come around. It, when kid video came out, it actually came out of the gate pretty hot when it first debuted. It was the number one new children's show and third in the overall Saturday morning ratings, which is huge for a show to do. The big, the big problem they might not have anticipated is one that happens to all children's based entertainment. The kids grow up. When you have a cartoon, it means the characters are ageless and can continue pretty much forever at that age. When you deal with child actors, everything changes. Their look, their style, their attitudes, their personalities. So many shows have been victims to this over the years. Some like Full House was able to like push through that, where some were really heavily affected, like Different Strokes, for example. In the second season of Kid Video, one of the actors, they would never say who, but I'm betting on Robbie Rist, lost so much weight that they had to recreate the cartoon character. That meant having to go back and recreate all the model sheets that are used for the animation, and this was very expensive at the time. So then all the actors were going to keep growing and changing, and it would cost a fortune to continuously recreate all the animation models year after year. The second season would catch up a bit in keeping the animated characters looking like their real-life counterparts, but it just isn't sustainable. One of the producers joked that he didn't want the actors changing their hairstyles or getting any type of makeovers. Again, the idea was that they wanted them to be big in the real world with concerts and live appearances, and they needed the cartoon to look just like them. So it was one of those things, so someone just didn't have the foresight to see this thing through to consider if this thing is going to be a hit, the cartoon is going to have to constantly change and look and evolve. And that's so expensive. It's like that famous story of the, um, doll company that put out a Justin Bieber doll. And you remember when he had the, that old style shaggy haircut thing he used to had, then he got his haircut shorter and 
like almost decimated this toy company because then they had to scramble to change all the hairstyle of all these dolls. Like it just, when you're dealing with this sort of dynamic, it's so unpredictable, especially working with kids. So it, it's not a really good formula that they went into a kid video because of that aspect. So I'll start winding it down here. I like, I'm enamored with kid video now. It, it's like, not only is it something I forgot all about, but it's amazing to learn more about everything that went behind it. None of this stuff I knew. It clearly wasn't the success they were hoping for. And the band didn't become a household name except to, you know, maybe loyal viewers on Saturday mornings. The other in interesting thing is that it, again, depending how old you are and if you were watching Saturday morning cartoons at the time, kid video signaled the end of the series of cartoons each Saturday morning as the networks then moved into more live action programming and kid video was a way to bridge that gap. The producers had noted they wanted kid video to be the Miami vice of Saturday morning television and that it had an important placeholder to sort of signal like, okay, cartoons are done and we're moving into another sort of direction, but it sort of bridged that nicely. It's an interesting phenomenon to look back as, as it's been pointed out by uh, a really great YouTube channel called Toy Galaxy that this type of show could have only existed in the mid 80s. Getting a license for popular songs was more doable at the time, and those licenses would have now expired a long time ago. So even if they wanted to somehow do a re-release of the show, not that many are even familiar with it, they wouldn't have the rights to broadcast anything they did in the 80s, meaning it's basically a dead show it's like it never existed plus disney owns everything put out by dick entertainment so there's that too so it kind of sucks uh it's something we'll never see or probably really ever see again and again it represents the 80s so well though in this nice little snapshot where it was easier to get things like music rights um you know, today the closest thing you would get are movies like Sing or Pitch Perfect or whatever. But, you know, for a Saturday morning cartoon show, it's kind of like the Roger Rabbit phenomenon where they had all these studios and intellectual properties and characters all together. That would never, ever happen again with how protected all those things are. There's an awesome uh, YouTube channel, like I mentioned before, like some of these uh, are still episodes are still online. There's one, I don't know if it's still up, but as of right now, a channel called Toolbot, where you can watch most of the episodes and some of the music videos too. So if this is the first you're hearing of kid video, or if you're wanting to, you know, remember something you love because you're a fan of the show, it still lives on on YouTube. So definitely go check it out. So that's it for me. I'll finish up here. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts i should be there and again i know there's so many shows out there so the fact you're taking the time to listen listen to this one means a lot but i will be back soon with a new episode so don't you dare miss it 